This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. And hi, everybody, and welcome to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. The concern over lower wages and the firing of employees that took part in strikes against wages at McDonald's locations in the past several months has brought representatives for the company to court to see if they are potentially liable towards potential labor law violations or if the owners of the franchises themselves are ultimately the responsible parties. It puts the fast food giant in a unique position. If they support their franchises, they may be at the bargaining table with workers. If they don't support the franchises, it might be very well making many of them mad. To take a look at this case a bit deeper, we welcome in Wharton Management Professor Peter Capelli, who's also the director of the Center for Human Resources. He joins us on the phone, as does uh, also uh, joining us is Cesar Rosado, who is associate professor of law at Kent College based in Chicago. Cesar, Peter, great to have you both on the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Cesar, did, did did I frame that in terms of the possible outcomes here for McDonald's correctly? I think you did. Um, if McDonald's is found to be uh, essentially uh, liable for the labor law violations of its franchisees, it means that it's a joint employer, according to the NRA. And if and if such, then it you know may end up in the bargaining table if at some point. McDonald's workers decide to uh, bargain collectively and, you know, decide uh, by majority of them to bargain collectively with with the corporation. So then, Peter, does this almost, it feels a little bit like a, no, a no-win situation for McDonald's in this case, or is there a win out there that maybe we're not, not talking a, a lot about? Oh, well, well, McDonald's for sure thinks that there's a win, and that is that they absolutely don't want to be pulled into this as a company. And it might just be useful back up to a little bit to describe what happens here with franchises, right? So the way franchises work, actually there's two kinds of franchises. There's a kind of trade name franchise where all you do is buy the brand name uh, and you use it. So you cooperate in advertising. And then there's ones where you actually have operating agreements like McDonald's. And so the way McDonald's works is, and all these fast food franchises are the same, is that you agree to be a franchisee for McDonald's, and they give you all these rules you have to follow about how to operate the store. You're not an employee of McDonald's, but you basically have all these rules you have to follow. And so the question is, how close can you draw those rules without making these folks employees? So for McDonald's, they don't want to be part of the employment of these folks at the local level because then they end up being liable for the decisions that are made. So they absolutely don't want to be part uh, of this deal. They want the courts to say, no, franchisees are not employees of McDonald's, and so the people who work the fry stations at, at McDonald's only work for the franchisee. They don't work for McDonald's. Well, and it's interesting because, as you alluded to, certainly McDonald's is not doing the hiring of these people. It's the local franchisee that is doing that. But McDonald's, as you said, has such an influence over 
you know, the food that that is being served, the, the probably the equipment that that they get at these stores. Obviously, the logo is on you know all every one of these stores. So, it, it, how far is how far is it in a legal perspective? And, and Cesar, jump in on this as well. How far from a legal perspective is that line? Uh, of being actually more liable in this case because seemingly McDonald's it, it walks a tight line pretty much every day. Well, I think all these all these franchise operations do, and you know what they what you would like to do as a franchise uh, er that is the company like McDonald's is you'd like to have your franchise ease. You'd like to have as much control over them as possible without actually being. Um, their employer, because once you become their employer, you have all these obligations. And so the, the big issue is in these operating agreements, it's, uh, you can tell the franchisee pretty much how to do everything. Like when you hire an employee at a place like McDonald's, the franchisees have required training that they have to give people, and it's standard across all the operations, and they describe how the jobs are performed, uh, they describe all kinds of things that you have to follow to be a franchisee. And at what point do you start looking like an employer, McDonald's, of these local folks? Well, if you dictate everything, you effectively are. Actually, right. in the law, this becomes a co-employer. And that means if you are one of those cook fry cook guys and you sue for something, you could sue McDonald's, which has deep pockets, and not just your local franchise. Right. or who doesn't have deep pockets. And here, the reason this matters so much is if you're trying to form a union, um, you don't just yep. get to unionize the local store. If you believe that these folks are actually employees of overall McDonald's, you could try to create a union of McDonald's uh, employees across the country. Yeah, and I'll just add, I, I totally agree with what uh, Professor Capelli just said. Um, in yesterday's hearing, the general counsel was... Um, also arguing not only that there's you know hundreds of pages of of, of rules that McDonald's uh, provides to its uh, to its franchises, but also provides support such as um, uh, anti-union um, uh, consultants, uh, scheduling uh, uh, programs and whatnot. And so they actually have they're 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 arguing there's direct control by the corporation in in addition to sort of contractual right to control. So they're going for the whole gamut here, saying that McDonald's really uh, has a, a very heavy hand in, in basically managing the workforce of the franchises. And from what I understand, Cesar, I, I guess the, the NLRB has put out an initial ruling on this, and, and now it's going before, uh, before a judge at this point? Well, the, the, you know, the, as I understand it, they're going through an administrative uh, hearing right now, so the administrative judge will decide the issue after the board puts its, the general counsel puts the case, and, and uh, McDonald's puts its own case, uh, and after that, um, then it will likely go to the full board, uh, to the NRB, to uh, provide a, a you know, final decision on the matter. So there are still several steps that uh, this thing has to go through before uh, it all can be uh, nailed down, plus, you know, uh, it can all, always be uh, appealed through the courts, and it's likely, you know, if if the NRB decides that uh, McDonald's is a joint employer, I think this is going to go all the way up to the Court of Appeals and maybe to the Supreme Court. Peter? 
Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, I think this won't shock anybody who listens to your show that, you know, these legal issues don't get settled for a very, very long yep. time. This has been going on for a long time already. Yep. And McDonald's really, absolutely, truly does not want uh, to be labeled as a co-employer. And they got big lawyers, and they're going to they're gonna run this thing down and appeal at every step along the way should they lose this. So this will go on for years. And, and I guess we should uh, make it aware, and anybody that would like to comment, you're more than welcome to give us a call at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're talking about the McDonald's case where they are in court right now trying to uh, make sure that they have a designation that does not label them a co-employer with their franchisees because it could, Peter, I mean, if they are designated that, and let's say it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court and that designation sticks with them, how much does that change their business going forward? Well, you know, I mean, they would say a lot, uh, but I, I, it's not clear, right? Because the, the first thing that would happen on the union front is McDonald's, I mean, the employees would have to try to organize McDonald's across the country. Right. And it's not clear that's going to be any easier to do than it would be to organize an individual store. You know, it's next to impossible, I think, to organize those folks because they don't stay very long in those jobs. Right. right? They don't have much of an interest in it. They just quit if, uh, if they don't like what's going on. I think the bigger issue has to do with... Uh, uh, employees as individuals suing or, you know, possible class action suits, if you think there's something about how they're paid that discriminates against uh, various people. And even if you don't think, even if there is not, but some plaintiff's lawyer believes there is, um, there's a heck of a interest in taking a case against McDonald's because so many people would be involved and the payouts could be so great. So I'd say the real problem for McDonald's is not the union stuff. It is this exposure as a co-employer yeah. to all the other uh, legal issues that, that pop up. I'd say just one other quick thing about this, why this is sort of a bigger story than just McDonald's, and it's a bigger story than the franchise stories as well. And that is, uh, over the last generation or so, there have been lots and lots of efforts by uh, employers and businesses to get out from under the requirements of employment law. Mm -hmm. And you can do this in part by hiring contractors. You can do this in part by leasing employees. That is, you go to a, a temp agency and get uh, employees that way. Um, and, you know, on the other hand, there's employment law that doesn't want uh, you to treat people uh, like employees without having the obligations to them, right? So this is one of many battles that are going on, and it's a left-right battle, Democrat-Republican battle, and you can yeah. imagine which side they're on, and this is just one skirmish. Cesar, I'll let you add in there as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I probably agree with uh, most of what uh, Professor Capelli has said, although, you know, another interesting angle to this is that, say, for example, McDonald's is, uh, is now understood to be a joint employer. Um, that also means that uh, labor unions can start to target McDonald's, a corporation, through strikes and boycotts, um, and not be held liable under secondary strikes and boycotts uh, regulations. So, so maybe, you know, it's going to be hard for them to negotiate a nationwide contract for all the franchises. That's, that, I, I agree, it's going to be very difficult. But there are all kinds of other strategies that could be brought through the NRA that could, um, you know, put the company in a, you know, in a, in a, in a difficult position here that may, you know, uh, end up, um, you know, if they want to, you know, if they want to go for 15 bucks an hour, whatever it is, they could try to do it through that, through those means. 
Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If you'd like to jump in, do you think that actually McDonald's should be labeled as a co-employer? Should they be liable in these situations? Again, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Cesar, going off of what you and Peter Capelli said about the potential of organizing, uh, th- that is a, a, a that is a really a tough thing to see happening because, as you said, of all the turnover. The question then becomes: Is for a lot of people out there, if they did have a union out there, would those jobs potentially be a little bit more attractive? Because seemingly there would be a little bit more level of security, and there may be a higher level of pay at some point down the line. I, I think that's a very good point. Um, there's a there's a, a, a pretty interesting book, uh, it's relatively new by David Weil, who's you know been um, uh, studying the, what he calls fracturing of work, and, and franchising is one of those situations. And what he argues is that franchising actually uh, uh, downgrades work. Um, and so, and so, folks who work in franchises they earn less, have don't no, no, next to no benefits, and that sort of thing. So, if you can sort of organize a McDonald's in a, in a different way, where things are centralized, where um, you know, then likely you can provide better better uh, uh, incomes to the workers and, and and benefits. And if that's the case, then maybe right the the, the work gets upgraded, and then there will be less turnover. So, I think. That's a, a, a possibility. And, and I also add, in terms of organizing, you know, again, you know, unions can be quite creative. Uh, one yeah. of the things that could happen is that they broker a, uh, a, an agreement with McDonald's where McDonald's would basically sort of, for example, uh, be neutral when it comes to a union campaign or, you know, or, you know set rules for the games where it becomes easier for unions to organize. And maybe if they can't do, you know, the whole thousands of stores, they can do a significant group of them. Um, and in that way, sort of uh, uh, upgrade some of those jobs. But, it's, you know, it's, it, what can happen is actually still, um, I would say, it's uncertain. Peter, could they, could they become more attractive in your mind? Well, sure. If they would, you know, if they were unionized, uh, you could make jobs more attractive for sure. Now, the, the companies. Uh, back to the idea of the operating model. If you unionize these folks, would it change the operating model? That absolutely would. So the idea of franchises, a really interesting idea of franchises, right? Because what you're really doing with a franchise is the franchisor, that is a company like McDonald's, has figured out how to run a store. They've rolled it out into a series of manuals. And what they're basically exporting when you buy the license to, to be a McDonald's franchise is all that knowledge about how to run things. Yeah. And part of the knowledge is how to, frankly, to employ low-wage, unskilled people and get them to turn out this consistent, stable product. Yeah. Um, that's part of their operating model. So if you, uh, if, if you unionize them and you raise the wages a lot of the benefits of that operating model go away because, you know, if you had better paid people who were higher skilled, uh, you'd be kind of wasting them with that operating model. There's all kinds of other ways you could produce food maybe better, but it's not with that operating model. So it's a pretty big challenge to McDonald's. In that sense, it's different than organizing, let's say, a, a little factory or, or something else sure. where you could actually maybe reap the benefits of more stable workforce and, and better quality workers, 
because that's they built the whole system to not do that. I would think that also, Peter, that with this case going on, and obviously as you said, and Cesar said, this is going to be a while, but I would think there are a lot of, uh, of companies like McDonald's, other fast food uh, chains, and other restaurant chains as well that are watching this very closely right now. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, if this gets to the court, you're going to see all these friend-of-the-court briefs. <laughs> yes, right. Every association <laughs> piling in to support McDonald's on this because, yeah, if, if, this, if McDonald's would lose this all the way up to the Supreme Court where it— it would go. They would take it if they have to. Um, there's a lot of dominoes lined up to fall with this. Then, then Cesar, what kind of a position do do unions take at this point? Um, unions regarding the joint employer issue. You mean? Yeah, so. exactly. And especially if this continues to go up, up, up the chain of courts. If yeah. we're going to see the other retailer, other fast food restaurants, and other re- restaurant chains come in with these friend of the court briefs, I would think that the unions would also start to take a little bit more of an active role. No, absolutely. I mean, so this uh, whole thing has been uh, spearheaded by the SEIU, the Service Employees International Union, that's been backing a lot of the you know uh, minimum wage uh, campaigns uh, and especially targeting McDonald's. So they're they're uh, very much interested in expanding the 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 rules when it comes to joint employers. Um, and it's going to have an impact not only in the restaurant industry, this is going to have an impact on the hotel industry, from Hilton to all kinds of other uh, brands out there. Are fr- I run the franchise model, so uh, it, it's going to run through different kinds of industries, and yeah. unions are certainly going to be wanting to... Um, to expand the joint employer uh, doctrine so that they have a better chance of organizing workers and have a bigger impact. So I, I think they will be, uh, uh, yes, they will also be writing amicus briefs uh, supporting, you know, the, you know if, if this board decides that uh, McDonald's is a joint employer, you know, supporting that position. With the, with the way that this, uh, this relationship is set up between McDonald's corporate and the franchisees, if there were a case of a food poisoning and... You know, several people uh, brought a suit forward that, you know, that, that became ill. Whose responsibility is it? Is it, you know, is it a joint responsibility or is it the franchisee because they prepared the food or is it McDonald's because they supplied the food to the franchisee? Cesar? That's a, that's a great question. You know, the first, my first uh, um, uh, hunch there would be, well, the NLRA doesn't impact say, a tort action, that's a different door, that's tort, and that's different. Oh, but now that you mentioned, well, you know, if the employees are you know, responsible for the preparation and that, you know, uh, is, the, is the cause for the, for the bacteria or whatever, then yeah. um, maybe, you know, uh, this decision can have an impact on, on all kinds of other uh, uh, liability uh, issues that may surface later on, not because the NLRA itself will you know, give you uh, the, 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 the board decision will uh, be determinant on that, on that issue, but it can have this sort of uh, uh, impact on, other, on, on the way that we generally understand franchising. Peter? Yeah, no, I think that sounds right. It, it, it points them in the direction, the courts in the direction of ruling that way. It's not, not by itself going to do it, but it's another little nail in, yeah. the, in the board. So that's another reason they don't want it. Jackie is in Pittsburgh with a comment. Jackie, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Thanks. Great topic. Great show. Uh, I was in grad school in my uh, labor relations class. They always taught us that, you know, a company has a union probably because they deserve a union. And I'm not anti-union, but 
no matter what their franchises do or the corporation does, if they pay their employees correctly and they treat them with respect, I mean, there would be no reason to go to a union. I mean, isn't yeah. that kind of a fact? Peter? I mean, why would they be so concerned about the unions coming in then? Peter? Well, um, I, I guess uh, the complication on the employer side is, is what uh, employees believe they deserve is is right. kind of uh, unbounded, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody could kind of want more, and the employers would say on their side that, you know, there are always unions who can, who will promise employees more if they, I mean, they can't literally promise, but they can hint that you could get even more uh, out of this, and there are always people who have grievances against employees. But I think you're right. In general, if you're, if you're good to your employees and, and then you ask them, Someone asks them, we want a union, the employees say, why? Uh, and then you've got a tough struggle. If the employees have a bunch of grievances uh, out there, then uh, it's, it's harder to, to make that case. I think here, in a place like McDonald's, because they have historically employed so many young people who don't have any comparison of what uh, a job would be, they don't really have any criteria for, say, whether this is really a good job or a bad job, right? Which makes it harder to organize them. Cesar? No, I, 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 so I, I agree, and so this is, uh, you know, take, take Starbucks. Starbucks is, for the most part, not, not run on the franchise model. Most of the stores are run by Starbucks Corporation, yeah. um, and there, uh, you know, they provide a little bit better conditions and, and wages and whatnot than, say, McDonald's, and you don't see unions, uh, you know, penetrating a Starbucks. So, so if, in fact, you know, McDonald's decides, let's upgrade these jobs a bit more, um, be more, let's say, like Starbucks and less like McDonald's is today. You may, you know, you may end up with a non-union McDonald's anyway. But just, but, but, but we may see some improvement in the jobs themselves. Um, so I, I tend to agree with that point that the uh, the listener, um, um, you know, made. Peter, I know you have to run, but quickly, how do you see this playing out? And obviously, we know that this is going to be a long process. Uh, well, I think, uh, you know, these are going to go through the courts for a very long time. I think one of the interesting things that happens with the, uh, the death of uh, Justice Scalia is the Supreme Court is not uh, so clearly pro-business as it was before when he was there. Yeah. And so the interesting thing will be for not just in this case, but lots of them, if you're on the employer side, um, do you are you no longer as happy pushing things up to the Supreme Court because you're not so sure which way it's going to go now? Um, and will you start seeing some efforts maybe to try to settle some things along the way? I mean, my guess is that uh, that the company is still going to try to push it all the way up because there's just not a lot of compromising on their side that yeah. I think they feel they can do. Peter, I know you have to run. Thanks very much for giving us your time. My pleasure. You got it. Uh, we continue uh, with uh, with Cesar for a couple more minutes. And uh, Cesar, just your kind of feeling as to where this is all going to go. Oh, Oh Jesus! So I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I'm the, so my because this is a, a democratic board, and because uh, we are seeing that there's this general trend among liberal progressive uh, labor people, from David Weil in the uh, Department of Labor to the current uh, general counsel of the Labor Board, that there seems to be a push to uh, make uh, large corporations more responsible. So given that trend that I'm seeing politically, I think that this board may actually find McDonald's to be a joint employer. I think that could actually happen. Um, but as, you know, as I mentioned, this can go all the way to the Supreme Court because we have a 4-4 um, uh, uh, situation right yeah. now. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, 
but you know if if so so but but my sort of general feeling is that um if anything uh it's going to start to uh it may be some of these companies like McDonald's like Walmart all of them are going to look into their practices and maybe improve some things to quell the kind of, of swelling you know of 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 activism that that we've seen against them, and so, it and yeah. it does and it does make me think that if you do start to see that shift a little bit by some of these companies, whether or not there is a greater chance of some sort of settlement along the line, because the companies have kind of they've started to adjust to what's going on as well. Yeah, I think that's 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 very likely uh, some settlement. Um, you know, we're not we're not may not see a huge uh, unionization. There are other things that can happen. By the way, there's uh, you know, McDonald's is now working is now trying to uh, put computers uh, in their restaurants where you can actually where you never will never face a cashier, right? And you will use technology to order your food. So they may also have this other may also have this other impact where they basically just you know further uh, uh, you know cut jobs and just use technology to cut their labor costs, right? right? So in that sense, protect themselves against these sorts of things. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.